Hello, puppet. <laughs> Welcome back to HRT. I hope your week was good. Uh, my week was swell. Uh, I really have been enjoying how much love and views and comments that have been on my last two videos that I posted. So I very much appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's made me very happy. Uh, this week's guest is Anthony, who is 32, and he's very early in his transition. Uh, he's got definitely a unique experience that I haven't had other guests have, so I'm definitely very excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, he's definitely a baby trans, but he's also 32, so like definitely a really cool perspective, and he did great. I'm very excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, Patreon video. I just put out a new Patreon video with Nate where we read 74, okay, 74 hate comments from a YouTube short that I posted the other day. <laughs> And some of the comments are like, oh, you had nothing better to say? Like, you really think, you really fucking think I want to sit here and educate your ass? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have time for that. We did. <laughs> we did. Right. You just yeah. didn't listen. Go yeah. watch the goddamn video, bro. It's my day job. I'm not going to fucking sit here and fucking educate you on this shit. Like, what the fuck? It's my fucking day job. <laughs> We took, you know, a really shitty situation and made it into something really enjoyable and fun. And we laughed the entire time and it was fun. And I think at this point, if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, the HRT Patreon, you're missing out on a lot of HRT content. So do that. It would make me a very happy boy. Um, join the Discord. That's all I'm saying about that this time. Um, <laughs> and... If you want to be a guest on HRT, there is a survey that you could take in my link tree that's in the description below and in the bios of my TikTok and Instagram. Take that survey. I will read your answers, and then I will ask you to be on, most likely. So do that so you can be on. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. That's about it. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. It was fun to record. I love Anthony, and that's about it. hope you enjoy it. Right, guys. Bye. Where are you from? Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado. As I just said, I really love Colorado. I skied in Aspen last year. You said you snowboard. Oh, yeah. Yep. I forgive you for snowboarding, but you said you used to ski? Yeah, yeah. Nice. And you went to Vail, right? You just said? Yeah. I mean, I I go there, you know, every couple of years, I think, but usually I go to like Breck or Loveland or something like that. Oh. Little smaller places, they're... I'm a little bit more affordable. <laughs> yeah, Aspen was dumb expensive. Like, dude, it's dumb. insane. Lift tickets are like, I don't know, like four hundred dollars a day. It's crazy. Yeah, I have like an Icon Pass, so like, I oh can hell like yeah, ski wherever for free for like a year or whatever. But even yeah. the Icon Pass itself is like not much better. So, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really only worth it if you can go like, you know, every couple weekends or so. Like, you have, right. you really have to go a lot to yeah. to make the passes worth it. Uh. It's a dream to live in Colorado, though. Isn't Colorado, yeah. like... Because I remember flying over Colorado. Half of it was covered in snow, and the other half was not. Is that, like, a common thing there? Yeah, so, like, it's the mountain corridors and stuff, and, like, everything east gets shitloads of snow. The western slope kind of does, too, but it's just... I mean, Colorado in the winter, we, we get quite a bit of snow, 
we can also have like 70 degree days like it's the early november and it's like 70 degrees still it's kind of nuts <laughs> oh i wish bro. it's like 50 degrees now here i like the cold though. <laughs> yeah uh but how is northern colorado with trans stuff um, it's actually pretty good. Um, we have a lot of like state laws that protect trans people and like LGBTQ rights in general and stuff. So it's considered like a safe state for, um, trans rights as well as like reproductive rights and stuff like that. So. Wow. I never knew dope. that. More yeah. of a reason to fucking yeah. move to Colorado. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You all come to Colorado. <laughs> right. But maybe don't because it's really expensive to live here too. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like dumb expensive to live in New York though too. Like oh my nowhere God. Is safe. Yeah. Nowhere is yeah. safe really. <laughs> I've got family in the city, so I definitely feel you. Let me ask you, are you on testosterone? I am, actually. Um I just started like two months ago. So <gasps> not for Congratulations. Long. That's awesome now. Do you do uh injections or are you on the gel? I'm on gel. Yeah. Slay. How's that going? Yep. I kind of really like the gel. I have a really massive needle phobia, so mm. not dealing with the pain and like still getting to start to be me is really nice. Mm. I, I get that. I feel like, you know, I don't know. I say a lot of shit when I'm talking about testosterone that like really <laughs> I'll probably never do and I'll never understand. But like in my when I get older, I see myself coming off of inje injections, to be honest. I see myself switching to gel. When I'm, but I, when I'm talking, I'm talking like old, like <laughs> watch me old, like 30 years old. No, I mean like yeah. old, like sixties when I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I don't care anymore. Yeah, it's, it seems like such a hassle, you know? Yeah, it really is. I won't lie. I mean, like it's a privilege and I know that, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but what's your dose for the gel? I'm on the, like, 1.25% like gel, and it's, like, one pump a day. So I think it's, like, 20.25 milligrams a day. Mm. One pump a day. Now, where do you put that? Like, on um, your shoulder? Yeah, like, here and, like, back mm. on my shoulder blade and stuff. That's mm. basically what the instructions say, but I've heard, like it doesn't really matter where you put it as long as you put it like on like a muscle okay i actually didn't know it should go on a muscle that's interesting yeah hmm. i think the instructions are different for different like brands of the gel so mm. that's cool. probably different i didn't know there's different brands wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's talk you know. more about your shot anxiety <clears throat> neophobia yeah have you always had that um I don't know, not like always, always. I had a uh, jaw surgery when I was a teenager, so. Ooh. Yeah. Jaw surgery kind of like intense. Yeah, dude, it was pretty massive. I had like a really big underbite, and so mm. they, you know, did a bunch of like restructuring shit. I've got like plates and screws and stuff. And I would have never known. Like, cause like yeah. Zach Efron, I think, just like got major jaw surgery, and he don't. That's not my Zach Efron. He don't like <laughs> Zach Efron anymore. Oh yeah, I looked way different as a kid. Way different. Wow. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So do you, you said that's kind of where you think it started, or? Yeah, yeah. So like, I had to give like a pint of my own blood and stuff, and <gasps> like as an emergency situation, like in case something went wrong. Um, oh and my then, god. 
yeah like the I guess like the nurse couldn't like find my veins and so like they still stabbed me a shitload of times and Mm. that'll do it that'll definitely give somebody (laughs) a phobia for sure yeah yeah uh not about it is that something do you like do you want to be on injections one day or are you straight chilling with the gel i think so yeah um just i've i don't know i've heard it's like more efficient i guess as far as like a delivery method there's the injections yeah it's kind of yeah like a gray area really like which is more effective but Mm. i like the consistency of the gel because i put it on every day where shots are like you know every week or every two weeks or Mm. whatever it is but i don't know we'll see so you do you think you is that something you're like still thinking about or like do you want to make it a goal for yourself that you get on injections one day i think it's pretty much a goal um also like insurance is more likely to cover shots than gel so there's that (laughs) gel's kind of expensive like really really expensive so i've heard i hate that that's yeah i feel like i don't know is it more expensive than I think then so. Injections probably. Yeah. That's dumb. I, I feel like injections I think should be more. When I went to buy it without like a coupon or whatever, it was like $150 for a two month supply. Like that. Yeah. The, the hormones were 100 for me before mm-hmm. I had the insurance. So that's wild. Yeah. Well, then. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I know that the gel, obviously, you just said it's more consistent. You're doing it every day. And. Mm-hmm. I know you've only been on it for two months, but have you noticed like a shift in like your mood and like mood swings and, and stuff? Oh yeah. With the gel? Well, yeah. not like mood swings necessarily. Um, like unless my cycle is coming up cause that hasn't stopped yet. Um, that sucks, dude. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, bro. Um, Damn. but hoping that happens soon, but like immediately, like the mental clarity was just vastly different. It was mm-hmm. like a night and day difference in like, how I felt like emotionally and like more stable and like I feel like I regulate my emotions a lot better um just being on testosterone in general so I don't have anything to compare it to since I'm not haven't done shots before but it's Mm. uh I like it I like it a lot yeah dude I I mean I'm assuming because like I guess I know that we just said that you know hormones I guess make the process go faster or whatever but like I would assume you're on injections. Like your voice is is pretty deep for someone who's on really? gel and only for two months. So like, damn. damn. Well, that's that's really nice to hear. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, of course. I uh, I was a little anxious about that. <laughs> I know. I <clears throat> wheezing really bad. Sorry. No, I always totally feel fine. I always feel like kind of bad for because. Obviously, all my guests are going to be trans, and trans people struggle with their voice. So I'm like, I feel like I'm yep. forcing people to come on oh, and like no. out themselves with their voice. No. <laughs> um, now, question: <clears throat> Do you think that would you be more afraid to inject yourself, or do you think it's more scary when somebody else would do it for you? Like, would you have somebody do it for you to start with injections? Um, I would love to have somebody else do it for me. Um, I don't think my husband would be willing to do that, but <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I think I would really struggle having to do it myself just because like, I just, I have such a hard time like looking at the needle, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I get it. 
You do sub Q though. Sub Q is a little bit easier. I've heard. Yeah. It's a, it's a smaller needle and it goes yeah. in easier, and you don't. I don't think you feel it as much. But you don't have to join the dark side of intramuscular. I get it. I get it. <laughs> You're crazy, man. This is crazy. I've uh, heard uh, auto injectors are really nice for shot anxiety. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about that. I think you can get it off Amazon for like yeah. I don't even know how expensive it is, but yeah, I've been thinking about that. You still have to like draw it all up yourself and whatnot, mm -hmm. but you just put the whole thing in there and press a button. Yep, one pop. So yeah, I might do that to be honest. Yeah. Um. Bum, 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 bum. Now, top surgery. Do you want it one day? I do. Yep. It nice. is. Is that something you're like trying to? You're, is it in motion yet, or are you working your way up there? No, I haven't set anything in motion, like, surgery-wise. Um, I kind of think I want to get, like, a histo first um, mm. instead of top surgery first, but I'm not really sure. Mm. kind of depends on where, like, I end up feeling after a few months of tea. I feel you. I feel you. Is I haven't talked a lot about histos yet. <clears throat> no one actually ever talks about histos. I feel like that's yep. the surgery for trans guys everyone kind of forgets about. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely uh, the one that I want the most, I think. Really? To be honest. Yeah. Wow. I me too, to be honest. Yeah. But it's a hard decision to make. I won't lie. It is kind of a hard decision. Yeah. I want to talk more about that later. Because yeah. I have a feeling it brings up the, uh, one of our topics. So <laughs> we're gonna yeah. dive more into that later. Uh <clears throat> so do you have a timeline for yourself with top surgery? Or are you just you wanna you wanna because a lot of people want to give themselves like a, at least a year of being on testosterone first. Is that kind of your mindset? Yeah, I think so. I just, you know, wanna give it some time and like make sure that I'm, you know, on the right path, like before making like huge decisions and stuff like that, you know. Mm. but and it's definitely coming <laughs> yeah how old are you again i'm 32 32 yeah you are six years i'm 24 how old you're seven seven eight years, years older, older. i can't eight count years older yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's all right uh dude i know it's a trans thing and like me too but dude you could pass for like 21 22 like oh, yeah. for real super young the only thing I've got going for me is uh, is the few gray hairs that uh, oh. Dude, I, refused, I get gray I hairs too. to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Anybody else would be like, I fucking hate these gray hairs to make me look so old. But we're like, yes. No, yeah, I'm like, hell yeah. I need to look older. <laughs> no, for real. Do you get ID'd when you go out? So like you're drinking or something? Um, Sometimes. I don't know. It, it depends really like who I'm with, I think. Mm. Yeah, if I'm, too. like, with a group of, like, younger people, then for sure I get ID'd. I think mostly just, like, so that they're IDing everybody. Mm -hmm. But if I'm out with, like, my parents or whatever, it's a little bit less common. I literally only get ID'd when I'm clean-shaven. <laughs> like, literally, that's the only <laughs> that time. so weird that how tracks. that fucking works. All right. <clears throat> when did you come out of trance? Um, just earlier this year. <laughs> um... Yeah. Really? Uh -huh. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, I think that's like, like the soonest anybody has come out. Yeah, on <laughs> that's great. I love that. Yeah, that. it's it's a little weird being like a baby trans at thirty two. Like, it's it's yeah. a strange fucking feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I kind of like started questioning earlier this year, came out to myself like April-ish, my husband like a few weeks after that, and then my parents like summer and kind of trickling down, you know. Wow. Well, congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. Now, let me ask how, <clears throat> how long before you came out did you know you were trans? Like how long did, were you closeted for, I guess? Um, I mean, like, not very long. <laughs> <laughs> so I was basically rep repressing everything like super heavily. And like, I didn't even know, like I had no like inkling growing up or whatever that mm -hmm. this was coming. I, you know, Right. So, like, when I started questioning everything, like, just going around in circles in my head about, like, memories and, like, certain feelings and, like, how I'm relating to all the, like, trans memes that I see on the internet and, like, queer media and everything, um, mm -hmm. podcasts like this and, like, um, Jamie Dodger on YouTube. We watched mm -hmm. a lot of his videos. <laughs> and just, like relating like really hard to like all of the stories especially like coming out and realization stories and like mm -hmm. figuring all that stuff out it just something finally clicked and then i had to start talking about it with my husband you know because i can't make a decision like that without like right. getting somebody else's like viewpoint <laughs> how long have you guys been married um eight years wow yeah and Okay, so before I get into, you know, how everyone took it, so you, your entire life, you didn't have an inkling that you were, you were trans? I don't think so. 32? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, I, I think maybe one or two guests maybe have had similar stories, but I think that's the most, like, I had no idea until I was older story I've heard so far. Yeah. So. It's strange and like, you know, like looking back now, like there are obviously like things about my personality and like the way that I like interacted with people and like some of my interests and stuff like that, where I'm like, yeah, okay, like I can see that, but I can also mm -hmm. definitely understand why nobody had any idea. Like my parents didn't know, like I didn't know, my friends didn't really know, you know. Mm -hmm. So was it like a huge surprise to everybody when you came on trans? Um, I got a lot of mixed, re like, surprise reactions. My parents were kind of shocked, but, mm. like, my husband and my best friends, they were all just like, duh. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I've been a mechanic for several years, so, like, I have shitloads of tools, and, like, I love cars, and mm. fixing cars, and, like, doing these, like, masculine things, so I don't think anybody was, like, really surprised that this this is me <laughs> that's cool i yeah. literally went to the gas station to get my oil <laughs> my oh, oil changed yesterday <laughs> bro <laughs> and he was like pop the trunk i was like what you <laughs> <laughs> pop the hood i said how i don't know oh. how to do that <laughs> oh man cody Come to the come to the car channel on the Discord and and I'll teach you some things. Honestly, I have a lot of questions. Oil. It's so easy, bro. It's so I easy. I know. I paid fifty bucks because I didn't know how to do it bucks. myself. Yeah, it's like Shit. really embarrassing. Shit. It's all right. At least you didn't take it to the dealership like some people do. 
I have before, but this time I was like, no, let's let's downgrade to the gas station. <laughs> if your car's not brand new, you can mm. take it to any other place or do it yourself. Like, Good to know. Good to know. My mom was like, do you want me to do it for you? And I was like, I can't have my mom change my oil, oil for me. I can't. Adorable, I, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> that would be so cute. <laughs> uh, that's really cool, though. Does that, like, this might be a little off topic, but does has you've you were a mechanic before you came out of trans right yep now that you are a man does being a mechanic give you gender euphoria now oh, like does yeah. it feel different yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know that it like feels different like i mean i guess uh so i was a like g- general repair um before and mm. like working as like a woman in the industry was to be honest just awful like yeah i can imagine that rampant sexism so much Mm. misogyny like it was just terrible Mm. even in colorado like i went to texas once though and like walked into an auto parts store and almost just like (laughs) screamed and left because (laughs) the treatment was horrendous no like i bet like (laughs) that sounds horrible yeah it was it was crazy but like now i basically just like work out of my own garage and so, like, I get to pick all of my own customers. Like, they're all people that I know from work or, like, my neighbors and my friends okay. and stuff. So, Good for you, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and I wish I was a car guy. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, back to, uh, like, before you were changed in, like, your whole life, I guess. Yeah. You, you didn't have an inkling at all, but, like, since there were mixed reactions to when you came out. Like, how did you dress when you were growing up and stuff? Was it always like, was it feminine, masculine, in between? Pretty gender nonconforming. I kind of always just like rocked like a t-shirt and like jeans, I guess. Um, I had always avoided like dresses and skirts and shit like that. It was pretty rare for me to wear Mm -hmm. them. Obviously like special occasions, I would let my parents force me into Mm -hmm. a dress or a skirt, but I didn't like it like <laughs> mm-hmm. um I but yeah I guess I've like, always been like mostly a tomboy um kind of just like mm-hmm. a little bit hippie kind of alt punk rock metalhead like I've got oh, like a bunch of facial piercings and tattoos and so <laughs> hell yeah dude I love that <clears throat> that's what I think <laughs> I think before I came out of strands I was very alternative listening to punk rock music and and stuff and i think i used that a little bit i still am it was not a phase but i think i used you know dressing like that as like an excuse for not being like really feminine i think sometimes and i think i'm just coming to that realization now so (laughs) yeah i definitely it's interesting how we like present our identities through like our clothing when we don't really know like Mm -hmm. ourselves especially because you know clothing is both like a security blanket you know your presentation kind of you can choose to change it in order to come off in a different way right and if it's safer to present feminine then you can wear girly clothes and Mm. still be a man you know and then just like me too like i i kind of hid in like the metalhead kind of vibe and like the tomboy vibe because that's mm-hmm. just where I felt more comfortable, you know. Right. And you're I think everybody's choice of clothing definitely 
is a tell (laughs) to who they are even if they're not trans you know what i mean like yeah style and clothing is everything i say that all the time yeah so you said that everybody around you loved ones you know kind of gave you mixed reactions to you coming out do you want to talk about that your coming out story a little bit tell my coming out story to my husband or (laughs) if you want if you want to we could start with your husband and then move on to your other loved one that's that works yeah i mean he's kind of the easiest he's like my biggest ally at this point um yeah but uh so like we've always had um like little basic pride flags um in our house like i think you can see one behind me there um and just like all over because we've both always been kind of like bisexual um And we had been like watching a bunch of media, you know, like I said, and I had been questioning and everything. And then one night I turned to him and I was like, so I think I might be non-binary or maybe trans, like really like hesitant and like scared and, mm-hmm. and everything. And he's just sitting on the couch and he just like looks up at me like super casual and smooth and just goes does this mean that I can break out the trans flags now? And I was like, yeah. And so he goes to the other room and he grabs this like box of small matching trans flags that he had gotten and like had been hiding from me. And so I'm like happily trotting around the house, like putting them out to match like in locations and everything. And then I stop in the hallway because it clicked in my brain what the fuck just happened. And I go and I say to him, did you see this coming? And he was just like, well, yeah. Like, we've been married for eight years. Like, I know you really well. And I was just like, what? Like, that's insane. Like, so he knew before I knew. And it just kind of blew my mind a little bit. So (laughs) That's the cutest fucking story I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my God. I love it. It It's just... I melted into a puddle of goo, like... Oh my god, I would too. Emotionally. <laughs> See, that's how you fucking do it. Like, yeah. <clears throat> that's amazing, because, like, he didn't push you, like, he didn't... He waited for you to bring it up, like... And I think, you know, at some point, like, if you notice your partner, like, is scared to tell you, and, like, you don't really think they're going to it, like, anytime soon, I think it's okay to be like, hey, like, nudge, nudge, like, how do you feel yeah. about this? And I'm sure he would have, if, like, you know, time went on further, but, like... That's perfect. That's awesome. Completely like the ball was in your court. I'm ready when you're ready to tell me. Yeah, it was super sweet. And the flags. He, um, I kind of feel like he ramped up the number of like trans videos that we were watching on like YouTube and stuff together because we just like sit on the couch and watch YouTube together mostly. And, Mm -hmm. um, like he started varying the youtubers that we were watching so we started watching ty turner too and then like over time seeing like more transition videos and like coming out stories and I, yeah so he did kind of like nudge me very gently and not like pushing me into it but just like mm. here, here here's some people you can relate to maybe. yeah right <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. that went well for you. Yeah. Uh, that's all it takes. Like, and you said you've been married eight years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like so I that's... got married when I was 24. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's really cool. I'm happy for you. Now, Thanks. you said when you came out to him, you didn't know if you were non-binary or a binary trans man, right? Yeah, I was definitely leaning towards binary trans, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how it was going to go over right, so I kind of picked like a little bit more of a gray area. Mm-hmm. Um as far as like that goes, I basically wanted to just try out all kinds of pronouns and like see how they felt, you know, because mm. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, was there like a process for like how long did you go by? Did you go by they them pronouns for a little bit? No, actually, I um, we kind of just started trying with he him immediately, like at home and stuff, and like started brainstorming names and like. Mm-hmm. stuff like that and then I decided to order a binder to you know see how that felt and like I wasn't even in therapy yet like this was still all like self-powered questioning and trying things out mm-hmm. and stuff thank god for reddit and like the suggestions of like baby trans forums and stuff like that like holy shit <laughs> right yeah um and my binder actually arrived like as I was coming out to my best friend um and like a couple other friends and so i like rushed inside and tried on the binder or whatever and like i had just told them that i was trying he they pronouns Mm -hmm. and so i go put the binder on and just like dude that feeling was just incredible and my one friend i guess as he was leaving he's also trans um and so as they were leaving he turned to my best friend and said that he was pretty sure that I was just binary trans, like the joy from like the binder. He was like, yeah, that's, it was pretty clear to him. So I, yeah, I kind of went with he, him and binary and just never looked back. So. Hell yeah, as you should. <laughs> that's awesome. You also had the support of friends. Was your trans friend trans like way before you came out as trans? Um, yeah, so actually, he's kind of like a newer acquaintance. Like, I don't know him super well, but um, he came. It's still good to know friend. somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, now I want to ask: Was your husband, you think, like the scariest person to come out to, or or no? Just because no. you've been married, or are you were the most comfortable with him. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's actually like, we've always like been that. really close. Good. So. That's awesome. And then from your husband, you came out to some friends afterwards, or was it any family members after? No, I actually kind of went with my friends first. Um, Again, kind of to just, like, judge their reactions and, like, Mm -hmm. see if this, like, actually made sense, I guess. Um, I guess part of, like, figuring this out in myself was just that, like, I don't know if I was sure, like... And, like, the imposter syndrome was, like, really thick, right? Like, I I definitely was, like, this has got to be me being crazy or, you know, just completely off base. And after every coming out that I did to, like, friends, Mm -hmm. I just got more and more sure. And, like, everyone was, like, yeah, this, I mean, like, I'm maybe surprised, but, like, this definitely makes sense, you know? And so, like, having that, like, feedback was Mm -hmm. a huge confidence boost and, then after I had been in therapy for a little while, I came out to my parents. <laughs> Isn't it fucking wild how, like, 
because you're just talking about imposter syndrome. Isn't it wild how like society can has so much impact on your identity and how you feel about your own fucking identity? Like, oh yeah, Jesus, it's crazy. Oh. It's so crazy. Now, how was coming out to your parents after that? Um, I was really nervous. My family, or my dad at least, is pretty religious. Um, and so for obvious reasons, I was kind of nervous about that. Um, they go to a pretty accepting church. Um, it's, um, ecumenical Catholic instead of like Roman Catholic or evangelical or something like that. Um, and like our pastor is gay. Um, and like the, there's trans people in that community as well. And, um, so there was some suspicion that like, coming out would be fine and like i'm bisexual and like my birth mom is also bisexual and like so my family's pretty accepting but like obviously yeah, i was yeah. nervous <laughs> yeah no matter what you're gonna be nervous i get that yeah yeah <clears throat> how'd they take it um pretty well um they were surprised like i said but i i basically like kind of blurted it out and um then my mom hugged me and they told me that they loved me and I burst into tears. And then my mom was like whispering in my ear as she's hugging me, like, you know, um, did you think that we were going to reject you? And like, I didn't have words. I just like nodded into her shoulder and I'm just like crying and they're like hugging me and I'm just, it was, it was good. But after the initial like blurting out of, of this fact about me, um, we like went to dinner and like talked it over and, yeah. wow yeah that is awesome yeah oh oh i rarely get like a lot of people come on here and like yeah my family hates me and i don't talk to them anymore and it's so sad and like oh it's good it's refreshing to hear that so yeah that's good yeah okay. yeah it's it's nice and i'm i feel very lucky that i have such an amazing support system you know so far i haven't i think i only have like a few extended family members who don't like this who <laughs> <laughs> don't like this do you have to see them often or no no um we do like family reunions um mm -hmm. like every couple years but i i don't really know if i'm how many of those i'll attend in the future um i just came out to my extended family like a couple weeks ago so I love that. This is this is a little bit fresh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <so. no. laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'm not realizing how fresh it is just because I haven't had a guest who's like so baby trans. Yeah. Like yeah. this is I'm baby trans. Baby trans. <laughs> and you're here. Like look I'm at here. this. Like you're making moves. I'm proud of you. Good job. Yeah. I've, oh. I've kind of been like a a thing of like fear, like a game with fear that I've been playing where if I'm afraid to do something, it probably means I should do it. Mm -hmm. And like, I was terrified to come on this podcast, but I am so glad that I am doing it because I get to talk to you and like, <laughs> you know, maybe help some other baby trans people, especially older baby trans people right. who are just like figuring this out and stuff. I hear you. I'm glad too. I mean, I, my whole point of this is to find people from every walks of the the trans experience you know yeah. what i mean yeah and i again i hope somebody's out there who's also a baby trans who can relate as well yeah <clears throat> and
Thank you. Yeah, Relate to my great. goddamn wheezing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you for saying that. Thank you. Um, so we have a supportive family. All in all? Yes. Yes. Wow. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's been pretty good. That makes the holidays easier, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My brother was a little weirded out, um, I think, initially, but like after I like talked to him and like told him about like how I was feeling, he, he definitely came around pretty quick. And I think he was mostly concerned for his um, daughter. Like I've got a niece who's just turned three. So mm-hmm. they were a little like, Oh, like, how's this going to go down? Cause you know, it's mm-hmm. not something they were expecting to have to explain to her. But. Right now, how old's your brother? Uh, shit. How old is he? Twenty. <laughs> Nine, twenty-eight, twenty-eight. Mm. My sister's also twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Oh my god! If you're watching, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a kid who's about to be two, so nice. I uh, now well, you're freshly trans, so I guess that makes sense. How you know with the kid? He, that was his only really concern. Yeah. Um, but that's all like squared away. Like, did you have a conversation of how that was going to go with your? niece did you say yeah my niece um so we like didn't like really explain anything to her i mean she's only three right she doesn't super have a concept of gender she's getting there um but basically like my brother and his um like my niece's mom they're not together um Mm. but they they've basically just like told her my name and like that i'm her uncle and like she's she's young enough that she's not going to remember me um being her Mm -hmm. aunt Mm -hmm. and my so my nickname is aunt actually so she's been skipping around my parents house in glee calling me aunt aunt and um (laughs) it's so cute that i kind of want to let it stand like (laughs) being called aunt aunt doesn't bother me as far as like a gendered language goes (laughs) right yeah i think it's cute because it's coming so, from a little kid, I totally get that. Like, exactly. Yeah. And she doesn't. She doesn't know. Yeah. She'll. She'll only. Like the thing with kids is like, hate is not. Born like right. hate is taught. Mm-hmm. You know, only love is born. So like, she she loves me for me. She doesn't know me as anything other than. You know, her family member. Like exactly. It's, yeah. yeah. So. I would let my nephew fucking call me whatever he wanted he can't say my name yet he could get the he he could do the k and he could do the d so yeah. he just ends up going d d d <laughs> i'm like okay that works i guess yeah whatever <laughs> but i want to ask you if you have gender dysphoria and how you deal with it if you do um i do yeah um, sorry to hear it <laughs> <laughs> you know kind of comes with the territory right <laughs> um i so it, i didn't when i first like came out as trans and like started finding my identity i actually didn't think i had gender dysphoria mm-hmm. because i didn't know that i was trans from a young age right and like i mm-hmm. didn't know really what gender dysphoria meant at all so like i sought therapy because I didn't understand how I could be trans without having gender dysphoria. Mm. And so 
I went to my therapist, you know, we started working through some stuff and like having discussions about like the spectrum of gender identity and like where I feel like I fall and like, you know, what is wrong with a masculine woman, you know, well, mm-hmm. nothing is the answer. You can mm-hmm. present however you wish. Um, but it was more about like how I felt about myself and like after like kind of processing a lot of those thoughts and feelings and stuff, um, then the the dysphoria was really only revealed by euphoria. So I had euphoria before I had dysphoria. Mm. If that I may have said that wrong, but <laughs> No, no, that makes sense. <clears throat> and that's something that's not talked about enough within the trans community too, yeah. I think. Because obviously the whole do you need gender dysphoria to, to be trans is a large topic within our community and it's huge. Yeah. No matter where you stand on it, too. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, no matter what, we should all respect anybody's pronouns, whatever they wish. Like, you can't tell someone they're not trans. But um, I do feel like, like, I I know I had gender dysphoria when I was younger, but not as intensely, and I had no fucking clue what it was. Like, I was just like, oh, I just don't like dresses. I just don't like that and this and blah, blah, blah. I don't think I necessarily truly had gender dysphoria until I realized I was trans. Like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like it doesn't make sense, I, but like it somehow does. I don't know. <laughs> I No, I think it does make sense. And the way I like kind of looked at it was when I was growing up and when I didn't know, um, it was more of like a social dysphoria, right? And so it, you got dysphoric about the way you were treated as a little girl or whatever, mm. or like you know, getting yelled at for having grass stains on your knees or manspreading um, in a dress or something along mm-hmm. those lines. When when people see you as a little girl, that's like social dysphoria and you feel like discomfort from that. Um, and then, at least for me, and maybe it sounds like for you too, like when you realized you're trans, then it kind of morphed into, oh, hey, this is also physical as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it doesn't mean that it wasn't always there. It just wasn't as easy to realize until like a whole new you got like a whole new perspective of being of of what being trans was yes yeah yeah i get that i took when i was explaining it to a close cis guy friend of mine um i used kind of like an itchy sweater analogy so like say you're given a sweater when you're born right and it's made of like canvas or something terrible to wear Mm -hmm. um and it's the only sweater that you know but then like you're going through life in this uncomfortable sweater but you don't know why it's uncomfortable you don't have anything to compare it to and so then somebody gives you this really cozy fluffy you know dysphoria hoodie Um, (laughs) (laughs) and uh you you know you put it on and then suddenly now that you've got something to compare it to now you know that that sweater that that body that you were given is not the way it should be to your own brain mm. Mm. i like that <laughs> <laughs> i think you just explained what being trans is <laughs> i guess <laughs> <laughs> that was i like that a lot because it's true i mean like i don't know and i think there's a lot of people out there that are like if you didn't have gender dysphoria before you were trans and you're not trans and that's that's not true. I can yeah. understand the argument of like, if you don't have genders for you at all, then you're not trans. 
doesn't matter what my opinion is, but I don't, I definitely don't agree with like if you didn't have it when you were younger, because like I think every trans person had it or has it, but can't always understand what it is because exactly. gender dysphoria comes in so many different shapes and sizes, which I know I've said a million times, but like it's so true. Yeah, I definitely agree. <clears throat> like, I don't know. I think a lot of people forget about social dysphoria too. I forget about it. I'm like, hmm, why am I uncomfortable right now? Oh yeah, that makes sense because I'm just yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was, good. Sorry. Um, I was telling a story to some of my extended family, also kind of as a way of like explaining social dysphoria as well, and like, you know, when there's like a bunch of chairs that need cleaning up or boxes that need moved someone will come in and call for a bunch of big strong men um, to go help them move things and I would stand up and go to help move things and then immediately get a funny look or you know like we ask for big strong men not skinny (laughs) female appearing people (laughs) like (laughs) yeah those were the times that always got me too yeah. Ugh. And then I turn into this like toxic little man who was like, I, I could do it. I could do it. Yeah. Like, shut yeah. up, sit down. Like, yeah. you know, you can't. It's fine, it, Cody. Like it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like, did yeah. us. Uh, now, I want to dive more into how you didn't know from a young age. Yeah. Sky kind of made that a topic for today. Because um, not a lot of trans people. There's a lot that can relate to to that. There's a lot of trans people who can relate to that, but there's also a lot who can't. So I definitely want to, I want to make it more aware, I guess. Uh, So again, a lot of people define the trans experience as always knowing something was off, but do you like, does that feel like it like alienates you or does that bother you at all? Do you think? I don't really think that it bothers me that... I have, you know, like a, an experience that's outside of the norm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you're right. There are kind of a lot of trans people who didn't know. And then there's a lot of people who did know. And what doesn't bother me or like, I don't know, it makes me feel like I have more to prove mm-hmm. when it comes to being trans because... I get a lot more questions of like, oh, well, why now? Or how did you know kind of thing? And that can be hard to explain, but I don't know. It still doesn't necessarily bother me because like society when I was a teenager was just really different, right? Like um, gay people didn't even have the right to, to get married in any of the country, I don't think. Um, yeah, and so there have been massive social strides as far as, like, who is accepted and who has rights and and stuff like that. It should be everybody and should have always been everybody, but obviously that's not the case. And so because of the way I was raised, right, with, like, this kind of gets into, like, internalized transphobia territory as well um, Mm -hmm. as, like, imposter syndrome and stuff like that, but... I don't know. It's it's kind of just a thing. It doesn't bother me, but it exists. Right. And I mean, like, how could you say 
How could you make someone feel alienated for not always knowing when everybody has a different childhood? Like, exactly. You know, like, yeah. it also goes to show that people think that there's not a lot of trans people because yeah, it, there's so many of us that not everyone's going to have the same experience. Like, exactly. we all come from, I, like, the same places for sure. Like, we all share the same struggles, but, like vastly different across the board mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah i um read a statistic that so you know it's like one to two percent of people are trans um globally and that is the same number of red-headed people in the world mm-hmm. right. so the same number of people with red hair is the same number of people with some like gender right. mm-hmm. uh, variants yeah, and I've said it again. I have redheaded friends, so like, <laughs> that's like a good that's that's a good amount of people. Like, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Yeah, and there are going to be so many different stories when you're talking about massive numbers like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this may be the same question. It may be a little different, but did not knowing until a later age make you feel like you know the whole you're not trans enough type thing like between other trans people yeah um yeah i think it did uh i still kind of struggle with this a little bit just mm-hmm. again because it's really early on in my transition right. and i mentioned like feeling like i have more to prove and so yeah like there are definitely times where i'm like I, there's no way i'm trans enough you know like i didn't mm-hmm. know from the time i was three or four or whatever but like that that narrative that everyone has the same experience is just really harmful and gatekeepy. Mm-hmm. Um, like it it prevents so many people like me and like anybody else who didn't figure it out until later from finding their identity at a time when they can really do something about it. True. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, also like the whole trans enough statement comes from within the trans community which is really sad mm-hmm. it is i'm like i'm not a lot of cis people know the term or would understand the term trans enough i don't think but yeah it sucks that it comes from within because i think sometimes the trans community can be very clicky very yep. high schooly yep. like who's the best one who like oh my god can we just we're supposed to be different like jesus yeah. <laughs> we're supposed to <laughs> love everybody and like accept everybody because that's what we're asking everybody else to do it's like the outcasts are making other outcasts like it's so stupid (laughs) yeah it's insane it's insane yeah i um i definitely also think like that statement like being trans enough and how it comes from within the community is very much related to like toxic masculinity too and like those kinds of like even being so what i thought of was the term cis enough so if you're not cis like you know even cis people have to prove that they are cis enough or straight enough or normal enough right to Mm -hmm. exist in the society and that's where we get toxic masculinity and um women who put down or hate on other women because they feel jealousy or or whatever and so it's 
it comes from a place of insecurity, right? And it, it hurts everybody, you know, across the board, that type of thinking that somebody else is not enough mm-hmm. in whatever trait is at play. That's the harmful part. Mm. That's valid. <laughs> that's something that I, I've never thought of, to be honest. I mean, that far into, I guess, like, because you're right, everything, no matter if you're trans, cis, anywhere in between, anywhere outside of that, like, everything comes from insecurity and insecurity insecurity drives everybody to be a dick (laughs) and to make everything a goddamn competition so much like gender is a competition now whether you're trans or cis like you are not cis enough like you said like oh i hate the world (laughs) bottom line (laughs) it's just like let people live and be happy and mind your own fucking business you know (laughs) boggles my mind boggles my mind because like you don't yeah. see me like I, I mean i do a fair amount of shitting on some cis people <laughs> on this podcast but like not not for like how they identify and how they choose right. to live their life i'm always coming at it like you treat other people like shit fuck you but it's never oh, yeah. like i'm not coming at how they're living or choose to live their life you know what i mean exactly. that's the difference yeah I yeah know. identity and like how you treat other people are completely separate issues. And so like shitting on cis people when they're being really shitty to us is Mm -hmm. entirely fair and expected. And they should be called out for spewing hate across the world and like dehumanizing. Right. Um, Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about um, what you had talked about in the survey which I appreciate you taking, by the way. Another yeah. plug, if you want to be on this podcast, I have a survey in my link tree. Go take it. I'll check it out, and you can be on the podcast. But I want to talk about what you wrote in there because uh, you said it had, you know, had to do with your transition and what made you realize you were trans maybe and stuff. And it refers to what you were talking about earlier with the, the histo and whatnot. Yep. Do you yep. want to maybe share a little bit? So I, like I said, I've been married for eight years and Mm. part of being in a straight marriage is the expectation of having kids. Um, I guess part of being in any marriage is maybe an expectation for kids. Um, We weren't like really trying for kids. I mean, we kind of were trying for kids, but not like we never really wanted kids, but Mm -hmm. it was kind of like curiosity kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a trigger warning here just for anybody who doesn't want to like hear about pregnancy and pregnancy loss and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so we were just basically, we stopped using condoms to, to have sex. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) (laughs) only only one way to put that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and I ended up getting pregnant, um, and it was kind of a surprise i didn't really think it was going to happen i guess like because you know you always talk about like or people always talk about how hard it can be to get pregnant i guess if it doesn't happen like right away you know Mm. and Mm -hmm. getting older that gets harder and stuff too so but yeah anyway i got pregnant and then um it i think It was really early on. I think it was like five or six weeks, Um, but I ended up having a miscarriage. Um, 
so that didn't work out um and we were pretty traumatized i guess by that experience i i was very shocked when i found out that i was pregnant and so like i didn't even have time to get used to the idea of like i gonna have a kid like with my own mm -hmm. body you know like mm -hmm. and that's that's like a life change a huge life-changing thing and even though it didn't last very long and like i didn't have time to get used to those like ideas and stuff after it was over i just really honestly remember feeling very relieved mm. um and really guilty mm -hmm. because of that relief because it's kind of like a confusing feeling to to be relieved that you're not pregnant you know after you were i guess mm -hmm. right. and but that the relief was mostly just that like i wouldn't have to have the kid myself and mm -hmm. so like i'm not against like having a family or having kids necessarily um but i would adopt those kids probably mm -hmm. um I'm adopted myself also, but mm. so I would, you know, like to spread the love and there's so many kids in foster care that need homes and families and love and everything. But yeah, like I didn't want to have the kid myself and that was the biggest, that's where the relief came from mm. and kind of the guilt because, you know, you expect like most AFAB people to even if they don't specifically want kids, like be fine with having kids like themselves, right? Like that's mm -hmm. what AFAB bodies are meant for, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. From like a societal standpoint, 100% and like before, you know, you realize things about yourself like 100%. Like, yeah. yeah. so you obviously, this is how long ago was this before you were trans? Um, this was early pandemic, so like mm. two, three years, I think. Mm -hmm. So, okay. yeah. And basically what ended up happening, like, because it was, you know, a while ago and like, that's three years is kind of a long time to still have no, like, clue, right? Um, but after, like, being pregnant, like, my body feminized, like, pretty hard. Um, just because like, that's still like a huge rush of, of hormones, um, mm. especially right at the onset of pregnancy. Like that's when your body is like flooded head to toe with, um, I don't remember the names of the pregnancy hormones, but <laughs> they're there. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, and you know, like I, my chest grew mm -hmm. so much, like, I think I went up a whole cup size and <laughs> It was terrible, just terrible. Like I wasn't big before chest wise, but like mm -hmm. they got bouncier and like, <laughs> I was just, oh my God. And like the sensations were just horrible. And so like, I slowly started getting more and more discomfortable or like uncomfortable with my chest mm -hmm. and like starting to get those hints of physical dysphoria that I didn't know what it was. <laughs> mm, and that's, interesting. that's yeah. Why I, when I got the binder for the first time, it was such an eye-opening and euphoric experience to not have to feel my chest like moving i guess on my chest right. if that makes sense <laughs> that checks out that makes sense <laughs> 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 um 
and yeah, like my my hormones too, like just I got really depressed and like anxious um, mm. for the past few years and just nothing was making it better, you know, and it, it would always get worse with my cycle and like, and that also went f insane and, you know, I started to suspect like PCOS and, or maybe um, endometriosis, but I'm not really sure. Um, mm. I haven't been tested for either of those, mm. but yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's a traumatic experience, no matter how you feel about having yeah. kids, but that's a traumatic experience for anybody. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that, by the way. Um, so through three years after that is the first time you were kind of like, okay, maybe that's why that was, that was so hard for me, like physically mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Cause like being pregnant, and, you know, all those hormones and stuff, even for a cis woman who, you know, has no gender issues at all, like, it's a hard thing to go through. I don't even know yeah. how people do it. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. But I don't know. So do you think that maybe, because it's a traumatic experience, do you think maybe that kind of was a stepping stone and, like, kind of, I want to say the word boosted. I don't know why I want to say the word boosted, but like boosted you to kind of realize you were trans at the end of the day. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I think mostly just because of the nature of the trauma, like, because it was related to like reproduction and like my own body. And like, that's such an intimate, like mm -hmm. experience, I guess in like any sense of the word. So yeah, it did kind of, trigger me into like figuring this out about myself like if there sure. there are a few different like ways that I could have seen me never figuring out that I was trans and just living as a closeted cis woman mm. for my whole life um you think that's that like in like another universe that would be possible like you could have went like maybe. your whole life without knowing yeah maybe I don't know I it's hard to like speculate on. No, yeah, that's an insanely you know, that hard question I just asked. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it's. I think it's a good question to think about too. But yeah, like I didn't. There, there are ways that I would never have figured this out, mm. and but the trauma, obviously, I think was like the driving driving factor um, for the realization, not necessarily for the identity, but right. just for yeah. figuring it out. Because no matter what, like. And I think this goes for most trans people in the world. Like, y you are trans. You have always been. You were always trans. You just didn't know it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And just because that trauma triggered you to realize doesn't mean it made you trans. You know what I mean? Because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like, there's things in my life that definitely gave me some trauma and which made me realize, oh, shit, I'm a dude. But, like, that was always there. Those things yeah. didn't need to happen for me for me to be trans. I just it made me realize, you know, that's just how life works also. Exactly. Um do you think if you went through a traumatic experience earlier in your life, you would have known earlier that you were trans? Or no? Maybe. I don't know. I mm. definitely am glad that my specific 
specific trauma didn't happen when I was younger, but um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on the trauma, right? Like (laughs) what happens, you know? Uh, Cause I mean, even like the surgery and like the reason for my like shot anxiety and stuff, like that's still like a medical trauma, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, even like trauma is hard to define, right? And so like there's, and the different severity of traumas and everything. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about, like there is kind of a narrative too that trans people are trans because of trauma. And I don't know how I feel about that, really. I do think that a lot of trans people have trauma in their past. But yeah, like you were just saying, that's not what makes us trans. Right. Yeah. Because that's, I don't know. That would also be saying like, oh, you're gay because uh, this happened early in your life. Like, no, that makes it not so much a choice, but it makes it like, I don't know the word, like a... I want to say default, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not this way because something happened. I'm this way because it was how I was born and it's not a choice. Damn it. <laughs> it's not a choice. It's not a choice. <laughs> I've been saying being trans is not a choice. Transitioning is the choice. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Fully, fully get that. I think, yeah. I think medically transition 100%. Yeah. 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 Yeah, or socially, you know, because you can still be trans and not change your name, not change your pronouns, not change your presentation, not be on hormones, not have surgeries. You can be trans without doing any of the transitioning things. It's Mm. just when you make the choice to go on T or get top surgery or get get a histo. Those are choices, but we are choosing them to make our lives better. Right. And... Because it's like the fucking question of, you know, what is Matt Walsh? What does being a woman mean? What does being a man mean? Like, what what does being trans mean? It does not mean transitioning. Being trans, if someone were to define being trans, and I know it's like, whatever, your body doesn't match, blah, 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 blah. But, like, I would say being trans is not changing your name. It's not changing your gender. It's not going through all the motions it's not getting surgery it's not starting hormones it is simply just knowing who you are and feeling a specific power and like rightfulness and comfortableness with yourself and honestly at the end of the day yes it has everything to do with gender but like if we're really defining it like i don't think so you know what i mean i agree i agree and i think that coming to realize that you're trans or having to fight so hard to find your identity makes our identities even more powerful, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like we have such strong senses of self because we have fought society, our bodies, our own brains, um, family Mm -hmm. members, religion, history. Like we have fought so many things to be just ourselves just to exist and so Mm -hmm. like that like trial by fire that we go through just when you come out the other side of that it's like you know that you fucking lived right like you're alive and you are vivid with it 
Right. Not like 100%. That's a really good way to put it. Is even, I don't know, being trans has, and I've said it before, but like being trans has made other points in my life easier, if that makes sense. Like other situations I was in easier because I learned how to deal with other things and like specific things through my transition. Like, I don't know. It's hard to be scared for a job interview when you had to go through like surgery and medically transitioning and socially transitioning. Like, it's like, okay, if I went through that, I can sit through this. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, go ahead. Sorry. I just, I I would just say something stupid (laughs) like I usually do. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say that I would like to see like somebody like Matt Walsh, but like, a liberal and like a good person go on the street and be like what is being trans mean what is what does transgender mean and i i want to see what what people who aren't as educated and haven't gone through it say and then i want somebody to correct them <laughs> that's all i was gonna say as long as someone's there to correct them <laughs> i think i can watch it you're a little bit more brave than i am i don't know <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say though um i don't even I lost my train of thought. It's gone. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I wanted to actually ask you um, <clears throat> something. <laughs> oh, uh, does it make you sad that you didn't come out at a at a younger age? That you know you. I mean, I'm sure if you were to have lived your life as male for your whole life, I'm sure that would have been better, hundred percent. But still, does it make you sad? that you know you didn't come out until how old are you 32 yeah 32 um i don't know necessarily about sad um i think i feel pretty okay with knowing or coming out when i did um i very i'm very sure that i would not be me if i hadn't had the past that i did Like, if I didn't fight so hard to try and be happy as a cis woman, um, or just to stay alive as a cis woman, you know, like, dealing with depression and stuff since being a kid and everything, um, I fought really hard to, to be here, just in general, and so I don't know that I would really erase my past, um, or even rewrite it to to try and pretend that I was a cis boy from, mm-hmm. you know, birth. Um, I, I feel like my past kind of let me stay safe and come to the point where I could figure out that I'm a guy, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think about like masks a lot, you know, so Growing up, I basically just wore this tomboy mask because that's the only one that had that I had available to me. And that kept me safe and alive and reasonably happy, I guess. You know, like, I didn't really know why I was sad, but eh, just kind mm-hmm. of went through life anyway. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. right. And then when I finally got to be the point where I was safe and could come out and take that mask off and underneath there's a trans man, cool like Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm i'm not i don't have any intentions of like rewriting my past or trying to pretend that i was cis because that's that's a lot of time 
first of all to re yeah. to rewrite like 32 years is that's so much mem so many memories that i would just lose you right know? Mm -hmm. so i think there's a narrative for trans people to have to rewrite their past yeah. and change everything about themselves and i talked about this with my in my episode with clara but yeah, there's such that. a narrative such a narrative that trans people have to hate their past and have to hate everything about themselves in order to be happy and again that is not what being trans is like when you yeah. said 32 years is a long time to regret you know what i mean like yeah. you don't have to regret ever not or you don't have to regret not coming out sooner or you don't you don't even have to regret ever being cis it's just like okay that's how the cards unfolded for me unfortunately but yeah. like i'm sure like through all the confusion and like that you weren't aware you had about your gender identity there was still so many obviously there were so still so many like good times and good memories where you were happy being a cis woman but you just exactly. you didn't you didn't have all the information you know what i mean um yep. i get that 100 percent. i don't think i would rewrite my past at all because rewriting your past also means like I would have been born a cis man and I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. And I don't know. I kind of like being trans. Like, I mean, it's terrifying, but I'm, I like it. Like it's, it just, to me, it's just a label that means that I have done all that like personal work to really know myself. And I, I think that's massively important. And so many no, cis people have no idea who they really are mm -hmm. because they've never had to go through this experience or, mm -hmm. or a similar experience, you know? hundred percent. And like, of course, like, yes, there's many struggles within the world and you can't compare anything, but like, again, that that's just, that's a good way to put it because if I feel like if a transphobic person were to hear what you just said, I like being trans. I like it. They'd be like, okay, well, you're mentally ill then. <laughs> because how could you, because even if I don't agree with being trans, like you still have to go through a lot. How could you like that? How could you like having to put your body through all of this? How could you like your loved ones not accepting you? And it's like, again, you're boiling trans down to these like specific things that we have to go through. Like, I don't, you wouldn't boil down being a cis woman to being able to be, being able to get pregnant or being able to, I mean, some people do and it's disgusting, but like, if you're smart enough, you don't boil down being a cis woman to being pregnant or getting your period and you don't boil a cis man being down, you don't boil down, okay, <laughs> you don't boil down being a cis man to, I don't know, like, what does cis man do? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I, <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> shit we don't even know <laughs> i don't know bottom line is just i you feel like mine should be blown yeah you don't boil cis men down to having a dick right like they're you know or being able to i guess ejaculate is like yeah similar thing yeah I don't, I don't really know it's it's kind of a weird yeah, it's just <laughs> weird to boil trans people down to their genitals or like how right. their reproductive systems work like right. who and, cares yeah 
and I'm sure there's a lot of friggin' cis men out there that boil that boil. I can't say that fucking oh. sentence. That thinks that it's that being a man means having a penis, but like, yeah, that's old news. It's 2023. We don't have to do that anymore. I wanted to ask you though, uh, before I forget, because I just remembered uh, we were talking about you know getting histo and stuff. Um, oh yeah. Now, is that why? Because you had a miscarriage, you 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 want to get a histo and you don't want to have to go through that again, you think? Or does it play more into being trans? And like just uh, getting the surgery for that reason. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a trans thing. Um I mean it's obviously kind of both. Like I have just this very intense fear of being pregnant at this point, like mm. and having to carry a child myself. I just and so getting a histo is kind of just a way to prevent something that i know i would not be able to handle like i don't think i could go through being pregnant again so there is that but you know also getting a, a histo from a trans perspective like i wouldn't have to deal with um having a, a cycle anymore um it wouldn't matter if it takes you know forever like i wouldn't have to get pap smears you know if certain bottom surgeries were to happen you know like you don't have to worry about like um the flood of hormones like estrogen you know in your body that you're you're just naturally producing and stuff like that so it's really kind of both i guess percent. <laughs> yeah are you one of those people do you think that like even given the trauma that you had to go through like do you think you're one of those people that because for some trans people for some trans men they're like, get these organs out of me. I don't want them. They were never supposed to be there in the first place. Get them away. Or do you think you're, I guess not because you want to, you want a histo, but like for me, if I didn't have raging fucking cramps all the time, I, cramps are the worst. Yeah. I, I would kind of be like, I can't see them. I don't really care. Like, you know what I mean? Mm, but like, since, exactly. since I, it's a huge struggle lately for me, these fucking cramps, but, which is why I also do I do want a histo somewhere in the future, um, but do you think you could be one of those people that are like get get them out? Yeah, absolutely. I, I gives you I, dysphoria. Shoo, yeah, it's yeah. it's very very dysphoria inducing, like getting cramps and like just knowing they're there and everything, and yeah, yeah, not fucking sex because like I obviously I've been on testosterone for. I it sucks that I don't even know anymore. I don't know, seven, eight years. Oh my god, that's wild. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't have a cycle anymore, but I get you still get cramps, cramps though. Yeah, like really badly. Uh, I don't know. I'm bad at keeping track with them and like when they occur. But it always it's always at night. It's always fucking at night when I'm trying <laughs> to sleep, and they might happen monthly. I've heard that it's like a phantom thing for trans guys who haven't gotten a histo yet and are no longer, you know, oh. doing that monthly cute little thing. Um, <laughs> yes. Fun. So it's literally like nothing happens. It's just cramps, but Ugh. the type of cramps that make you want to literally murder yourself and everybody around you. <laughs> like they're so bad, dude. I can't yeah. even tell you. That's why it makes me dysphoric, dysphoric. Like the pain makes me dysphoric because it feels similar to, you know, other things yeah um that's yeah i think that's what i 
want a histo histo four too. It's just not even because like I I suspect that I had PCOS because I had like chin hairs before mm -hmm. even going on T, and that's kind of a a thing with PCOS is um which is polycystic ovary syndrome, um, your body produces a little bit of T naturally, and it gives you really 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 horrible cramps, cysts usually, uh, facial hair, a few other things. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know everything about it, but going on tea often helps that, um, and can like relieve those kinds of symptoms. Um, mm. but you know, if you get a histo, you, you just don't even have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I'm being honest though, what scares me about getting a histo is that I would have... I would have to rely a hundred percent on testosterone. If you're getting like a full histo, yeah. If you're you getting have, a full one, yeah, you have to like rely on testosterone. I think it scares me a little bit to have to rely on something that I'm not sure I'll always have access to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think if I when I finally do get a histo, I I might leave like one ovary because that's all you need is just one to to produce just a little bit of estrogen because yeah like the i mean just thinking about like where the world is going like even if we end up in a climate apocalypse testosterone's mm -hmm. gonna be pretty hard to come by mm -hmm. so it's you true. know i guess but maybe you're not really worried about that if it's a climate apocalypse so <laughs> i guess yeah that's pick true. your battles <laughs> testosterone or how to feed yourself Right. <laughs> uh, see, yeah, I know because I know somebody who got a full histo. No, has no more. He's got no more ovaries. Nothing in there, and like he awesome. would die without testosterone. Yeah. Though, like, I guess well, though that like you don't really die, but yeah. But how? What if you didn't take testosterone anymore? Wouldn't you like stop because you can't pr pr really produce estrogen anymore without that stuff? Can so stupid. You're you can survive for a while without. Um, hormones in your body that occur through injections or naturally produced, um, it lends you to be way higher risk for osteoporosis, um, which is um, when your bones get like soft, I think. And so hmm. that can lead to just tons of tons of health problems and eventually like really severe, hmm. almost death kind of health mm -hmm. problems but right. osteoporosis is generally the concern and i think it takes like a really long time like several years to actually mm -hmm. develop that but i could be wrong hmm. but yeah it's not like an immediate like oh my god you're gonna <laughs> die <laughs> kind of thing it's completely how i thought it would it's, it's all right <laughs> it won't happen <laughs> uh <coughs> Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. I kind of want to go back a little bit now and ask you more about, like, since you came out at another age, do you think you would have handled your uh, – do you think you handled your tra transition in more of a healthy and mature way since you did it when you were older compared to if you were to – when you were younger? Um, kind of, yeah. Uh, well, I think I wrote down hard yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do think that it's easier to transition when you're older. Um, mostly because when you're a teenager, you're already going through, like, 
so many changes and like puberty if if you have a puberty like if you don't go on blockers or something mm. like i remember how horrible puberty was just yeah. even when i thought i was a cis girl like right. dude, the rush of emotions and just like constantly being tired and upset and angry and like all these other things just no thank you, you know. um i, I don't want to add being trans and being demonized on top of that like right. you know um yeah i think i think that the other thing too is like when you're a teenager and you don't like you haven't like met as many people and this is not to say that teenagers don't know themselves or anything like that but like or don't have enough experience in the world to make a decision like this but having a toolkit that age naturally gives you to handle really difficult questions like am i trans mm -hmm. what's imposter syndrome um mm -hmm how do i fight with my insurance to get testosterone or that surgery that's gonna save my life you know mm. when you're older it's just a little easier to do those things and like you know how to get the resources to do those things if you don't already have them but if you're a teenager your solutions are ask your parents mm. and ask your parents like <laughs> yeah when you're younger you're you're it sucks, but your identity is kind of in the hands of somebody else for a little while, exactly. too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I do think, you know, for older people who aren't on social media, it could be harder. It could feel more alone, like you're more alone, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like I said, too, like earlier, I mentioned like Reddit and all the forums and stuff. Like I, there are so many things that I would never have known how to do or like think about when I first started questioning my trans identity. And so, like, I was able to go and find these discussions on how do you know if you're trans, you know, what types of questions can I start asking myself? Like, hey, can somebody call me Anthony so I can see how it feels to be called Anthony and referred mm. to with he, him pronouns in a safe environment? Like, mm. that's, you know, you, mm -hmm. you don't need to tell somebody in person, like, in your real life until you've had a chance to, like, test it out. Quiet. that's true yeah a lot of a lot of people use the internet and like discord too like as mm -hmm. just like safe places to test things out as you just said 100 and like somebody yeah. above the age of obviously i'm bad with ages i guess but like <laughs> somebody above the age of like 50 60 I don't, I don't see a lot of them on the internet like where's their safe space how do they yep. how do they come out how do they handle it especially in their generation has a completely different narrative. They were grown up, they were raised differently. Like, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine that either. Yeah. There's a couple subreddits. Um, there's one FTM over 30 and FTM over 50, I think. And both of those, you know, are meant to be that safe space for the older, older mm -hmm. folks who, who do have kids or marriages or, you know, all these things to consider mm -hmm. when they're finding themselves as well. Where is she? Okay, so now the last kind of topic for the day. Um, I know nothing about you put it in the survey, and I was like, okay, this is a great time to talk about it because um, a lot of viewers have been asking me to talk about this for a while. 
and I can't talk about it until I have somebody who has more knowledge and has experience with it. Um, but I've heard that a lot of, and I've seen that a lot of trans men out there, a lot of them tend to be neurodivergent. And I've been wanting to talk about this for so long, but it feels wrong to talk about it because I'm not, and I don't have, you know, the experience. So if you kind of want to take the floor a little bit and maybe share some facts with me and teach me a little bit, I would appreciate that. Of course. Yeah. So I've, I've heard a lot of the same, like, things that being autistic or neurodivergent in some way um, is pretty common with trans people. Mm-hmm. And I've seen like a lot of Reddit polls where like, obviously this is all like, self, for the most part, self-identification, but trans people don't really have a problem with self-identification. <laughs> um, That's so true. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, like it's, the numbers are pretty high and it can be really surprising when you like sit down and think about the reasons why autistic people may end up being gender diverse um, or trans basically is another way of saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am not personally confirmed to be autistic, but I am very, very likely <laughs> like <laughs> I, it might be apparent, you know, through, throughout this conversation and the, how I went about this Google doc and everything is pretty autistic brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I'm being honest, <laughs> So <laughs> I got the tism, guys, um, in some way. Neurod- neurodivergent is a really like wide range of mental traits, I think, or psychiatric traits is a, a good way to phrase that. Mm-hmm. So it includes things like ADHD um, and ADD. Uh, depression and anxiety are also pretty commonly occurring with autistic traits as well. Um, OCD is another one. Schizophrenia is another one um, that fall under this same like umbrella. Um, so I did a little bit of research, as autistic people have a tendency to do, <laughs> about this topic. I love it. Um, and I found a few like studies and things and some some numbers. And I've got like citations and stuff in the document if you want them. But um, what I found is that between 4.8 and 26% of people who have a gender diversity diagnosis or gender dysphoria diagnosis are also neurodivergent or autistic. Between five and 26% of people. That's such a huge range. That is, I I didn't even know it was that large. Yeah, that's a massive number of people who are trans and autistic. Mm -hmm. And it goes like from from both directions. So trans people are more likely to be autistic and autistic people are more likely to be trans. Hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's, there's also evidence that shows that autism is very significantly underdiagnosed in um, cisgender females, as in like AFAB people in general. Mm-hmm. Women and like AFAB people have a tendency to mask super heavily. 
because we face so much intense pressure from society to mask our feelings in public, to defer to men around us, Mm. to not take up space, to be quiet and not speak up. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of those things, when those are expected of you, masking becomes second nature. Um, And Mm. it makes it hard to diagnose autism when the masking comes so naturally you know Mm. and like if you don't know that you're masking your autism it's as much of a surprise to discover that you're autistic as an adult as it is to discover that you're trans as an adult (laughs) yeah i was just about to say sounds a lot like you know masking your uncomfortableness with gender dysphoria your whole life and then being just as surprised as everybody else (laughs) when you realize you're trans yeah no that, that makes sense and another thing that I was thinking too about, I, th- I think I brought up um, very much disliking the sensation of having a bouncy chest. Um, mm. uh, autistic people are really sensitive to many things, um, mm. like hair uh, length can be a problem. A lot of body hair for some trans men that are autistic can bother them because it's it's super overstimulating. Um, Mm -hmm. those sensations to experience and i i think that like dysphoric sensations like bouncing boobs or ball sweat maybe um could be really triggering for an autistic person (laughs) Uh, just Uh. you know i i found a, a few other um interesting like statistics or like side notes in my reading that says that um actually well so there are some studies that suggest that trans men are actually more likely to be autistic than trans women Mm -hmm. some studies say the opposite and some studies say there's no correlation because (laughs) of course right Mm. um but the the quote that i'm gonna say is it has been argued that female females with autism may therefore feel like they do not fit into a neurotypical female peer group, which may result in feelings of gender dysphoria. So autistic, like teenage, like females, AFAB people, mm-hmm. don't fit in with non-autistic peers, like mm-hmm. other women. Mm-hmm. And that's how the social dysphoria starts Mm. because they already know that they don't fit in. Like I already knew that I didn't fit in with my peers um, because it was weird and nerdy and quiet and really Mm. painfully shy. Mm. Um, And that kind of cued me into being different. Right. And then, you know, after repressing shit and masking super heavily as I grew up and everything, Mm. then finally coming into this idea as a trans person, I look back and I'm like, Holy shit. I am both trans and autistic for my whole life, you know, and I masked so heavily that I hid that these identities even from myself. Mm. And I think that's kind of where the correlation between trans and autism comes in. That's like a double whammy. <laughs> like, that's a lot. Like, I don't know. I was also goes to show that like that. I don't know. That's a com- not completely, but it's a very different experience from someone who isn't autistic. Like it's, I don't know. That's that's a completely different thing that you had to go through and more you had to go through too. 
which I yeah. can't imagine. I don't know. It's interesting to hear the the numbers, and I didn't know, like, because honestly, there's there's a lot of people even in the Discord too that have said they're on the spectrum, they're autistic, neuro mm-hmm. neurodivergent, like, and as as people started to join the Discord server, I was like, okay, like, wow, like, there's a lot, like, yeah, nine, yeah, I need to talk about this soon because like it's clearly a thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm. And I would be really interested too to um, talk to a lot of the, those people in the Discord, you know, about how they have handled being autistic and trans, and like things like, do the seams on your binders drive you absolutely up the wall mm. because you're autistic, you know? And so there's this like interesting balance between the things that we do to to help our gender dysphoria and things that cause us to feel overstimulated, like body hair like I've, I've read a lot of stories of trans men who are very reluctant to go on tea because they don't think that they will be able to handle the increased body hair um, wow. because it of the way it feels or makes them feel oh, autism like a... is a crazy crazy experience yeah, like <laughs> it's it's so interesting that's like that sucks though to like you know with the yeah wanting to be on testosterone, but being afraid of those things, like that is not something everybody, not like not all trans people have to go through that. And definitely becoming more aware of it is, is important. I think I would really like it actually, if some people in the comments could maybe, like you said, like if there's anybody out there who struggles with binders and like the sensitivity issues and stuff, I would prefer you guys to comment below in, in, you know, if you're watching on YouTube in the comments below, if you're on Spotify, maybe doing a thing on Spotify instead of putting it in the discord. Cause I want, I want people who aren't in the discord to see that there are people out there too, that they're, yeah. you know, that they can reach out to maybe and like have a conversation with and there's somebody else to relate to. So leave a comment below if you know, you can relate to what we're talking about right now, not in the discord. You can in the discord, of course you can, but like, also both both. (laughs) yeah to both (laughs) but thank you so much for you know sharing that with me and yeah because i i didn't know any of that to be honest yeah i appreciate it it's really interesting stuff and some of it i learned you know just in this research too like i didn't like i said i'm not confirmed to be autistic or anything but Mm. i mean there's just no way that i'm not at this point so (laughs) I, i yeah i felt pretty comfortable being able to express some of the the information related to being trans and autistic and obviously all of this is still being studied we don't Mm -hmm. even know that much about being trans in the first place or being autistic in the first place like we still don't really fully understand how somebody becomes autistic or if they are born autistic or or whatever you know there's a lot of debate between Mm what's the driving factor there too right. um personally i think that everyone is born with their their autism and their transgender identity and their sexuality i think those are just given traits that mm-hmm. our genes did something really weird yeah know? right i do agree that you know if you're trans you were you were born that way i didn't know that there was even like a a conversation if uh if you're born with autism or not i thought you were like 100% i didn't even know that was like a in question so that's interesting it, yeah, it may be less of a debate now, but I, I know that there are, I am not in this camp, but there are people out there who believe that vaccines cause autism, 
I have heard that. Me. I have heard that. Yeah, that's yeah. whack. Sorry, but that's whack yeah. as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. My so my husband is also autistic, actually, um, mm-hmm. and so is his mom. And the, the, their theory is that it's not that vaccines cause autism; it's that when you're a small child and you're getting your first vaccine, that traumatic experience is what triggers the expression of the autism right so like Mm -hmm. when my husband got his first set of vaccines his mom talks about how like poorly he reacted to you know being approached with a freaking needle as a a tiny kid Mm -hmm. um and when autism gets autism gets really intense you know there's a lot of uh like really heavily autistic people have a tendency to kind of just like break down and shut down completely and not able to like function or communicate. Um, and you know, then nonverbal autism is a, is a very big problem as well. So yeah, I, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but <laughs> no, but I it, think, it makes sense. It does. Yeah. I think it goes into like, you know, what we said before of, it didn't, it doesn't cause, these things don't cause you to be trans. They just make you, you know, show the symptoms of being trans. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It just reveals the, the discomfort or whatever. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, again, thank you for sharing that with me. I, you did include some articles. Are these in the Google doc? Yeah. Are they articles? Yeah. All right, cool. I will put those in the description below if you want for anybody who, is interested um yeah so thank you for sharing that with me trans song of the week before we go yeah tell me what you chose because i'm obsessed with it um i chose lovely by billy eilish and khalid and it's such a fire song (laughs) it's uh, isn't it lovely (laughs) that one yeah yep i watched that music video last night The music and, video is so good. Yeah. And like I've seen that music video before. And even watching it, hearing the lyrics and watching them in the music video, I was like, this is giving so trance. Like, oh my God. Like and I right. never even noticed it. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Just so much trans energy. And like I I think that the song is was written to be about like a relationship, but <clears throat> the way I'm like thinking about it is like the voices of my identity and like of my life i guess you know so Mm -hmm. like the the two narrators of my life there's this 32 years of this female voice and like learning who i am that's stuck in with this also existing male identity this male narrator's voice and like trying to find the balance and like you know Mm -hmm. one of the lines of that song is like um welcome home or something like that like and it's just it strikes me every time like when I was debating which song to pick and like trying to figure out which one, because there were so many options, dude, I had such a hard time picking <laughs> one song to share. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I was like li- listening through all these songs, and this one, I just I kind of started to tear up a little bit, like when I was like trying to like think about my choice. Mm-hmm. The other one that got me by Billie Eilish was What Was I Made For? Uh, 
that's the one that's from the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that that was in the Barbie movie when I first heard that song. But holy shit, dude. That I one see. hits too. Oh my god. I think I have that song on fucking repeat every single day. And I've been waiting. I've been waiting oh for somebody it's... to bring that up. So we'll it's make that the second trans. one. <laughs> no, yeah, right. It's giving trance. Like, oh my god. Like, yeah. Hard. But back to Lovely. <laughs> I was listening to that and the lyrics were like okay like yes this is like giving like welcome home like mm-hmm. in in the body that i want in like the gender identity that i want and then you're watching it and it's billy eilish who's a cis female and what's his name khalid khalid and you have him who's I'm, i think a cis male and like the way obviously it's supposed to be about a relationship i think like you said but it's like you're watching it and all of a sudden as a trans person like you're watching it as like your past female self and your current male self or other way around if you're trans female like it ah go watch it like i'll put the link in the description below like oh so good i appreciate you sharing that with me yeah absolutely it's a great song definitely check it out um and now you did not add any socials and that's cool so if you want to talk to anthony Come join the Discord because <laughs> yep. Anthony's in the Discord and you're very act- active in there, which I greatly appreciate. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it for today. Follow me at HRT Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. And again, I just posted a video on Patreon with me and Nate reacting to hate comments. It's a whole other two-hour-long video. So if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, you are missing a lot of HRT content. I post all the time, a lot of content. I work really hard on it. So like, please, I would really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I had a good time with it and I think everybody would get a good laugh out of it. And we definitely made something that was, you know, kind of getting hate comments is not fun. Nobody likes to, nobody likes that, but I think we took it and we made it our own and we laughed and had a really good time with it. So I would go check that out if I were you. Of course, I'm biased, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But yeah, follow me at HRT Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. Subscribe to the Patreon. Join the Discord. You know the spiel. And that's about it. Anthony, I appreciate you being on today. I I appreciate you, Cody. Thanks for having me. Of course, this was an awesome episode, and I drop videos every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe, like, and comment. Please, I would appreciate it. That's about it for today. Thank you, guys. Bye.